on this episode of Comedy Rewind. Did you have to be there to get Kung Pao into the fist, or does it stand the test of time? Are there any 2000s comedies with such a great mix of bad and really well done CGI? If Kung Pao came out now, would it be anything more than a Netflix movie? All of this and more on Comedy Rewind. 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 Push Rewind. I thought this was a comedy show. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to 8-Bits Comedy Rewind. We are powered by Audio-Technica as we rewatch the great comedies of the 1990s and 2000s. I'm your host, John O'Peck, and joining me, Master PV, host of uh, Pushing Through Blue Podcast, Dane PV. How you doing, mate? Ooh, I like that, man. I think it does point. I like that. Master PV. <laughs> uh, I'm keen to... Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well, man. I hope you are too. I'm, yeah. I'm keen to sort of get your feedback and perspective on this movie because... Uh, I really, I really feel this is going to be one where it's either going to catch you or it's going to miss you, and I think it's going to miss a lot of people. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm, I'm glad. Like, I had Kung Pao enter the fist uh, written down for my comedy rewind list for a long time, but I never knew who the guest was going to be because no one kind of picked it to be their movie. So I had a few people in mind of like, you know, this person's probably seen it and this person might have liked it. I can imagine them watching it. But I didn't I didn't think of you, Dane, so I was very happy when you said, uh, let's let's give that one a crack. Uh, I saw it on the list there, mate, and, and it holds a lot of nostalgia for me. And it's one of those ones, yeah. it's almost like a guilty pleasure, like because uh, I was 16 when I mm-hmm. first saw this uh, and I was just surrounded by, you know, a, a group of friends that just sort of clung to it as well. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of, lot of, lot of memories that we'll sort of deep dive into that one there as well, but I can certainly see how if you haven't seen this before, you know, what it might, <laughs> what your first, uh, experience might be about it, but, uh, nah, I, uh, and, and definitely yeah. to deep dive as to, it's been quite a few years since I've watched it or rewatched it. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was certainly a journey yeah. down memory lane. That's for sure. Well, I'll, I'll go first as far as talking about like the personal memories and the experiences with the movie. You've touched on it a little bit, but similarly, it was this thing where I think for a lot of people, I don't even know what kind of release, like cinematic release this had in Australia. Mm. It wasn't one that you'd necessarily see the trailers for and like build up to it like you would for something like Dodgeball or, you know, the new Will Ferrell movie or whatever it is. I think this is one where people would just say to each other, oh, have you heard of Kung Pao? Mm. Or have you seen Kung Pao? And it's not like something that you would expect anyone to have heard of. So if they did, you'd maybe get excited because you could share something in common or you could tell them, oh, you have to see this movie. It's so crazy. Yep. So it came out in 2002. I would have been in year nine. No. Yeah. Year nine. So 14 turning 15. And I probably didn't see it for at least a year or two after that. Definitely a DVD movie, I think, uh, for probably ninety percent of people in the so, world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it 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 made it did make seventeen million dollars at the box office, which doesn't sound like much, but it only cost ten million dollars to make. So they did, you know, almost double their their budget, um, which is a fantastic result for you know, a little movie like this, but the fact that it, it's become so widely known, it speaks to that DVD era, I think, mm. to that word of mouth, to that cult classic status that it was able to get. And yeah, it was it was definitely a movie that you could watch with your friends at a sleepover or whatever, at, at the age that I was at least, and um, just be quoting it for the rest of the night or maybe the rest of the week or for for months afterwards because it's so ridiculous and it's so crazy but the there's a lot of great dialogue in this as far as comedy goes it really it's, is there's some clever there's some clever bits and i laughed way more than i expected to re-watching this i so, love i love to hear um, that i love yeah. to hear that and i'm surprised <laughs> that actually like it cost them 10 million i was really surprised it cost them that much to make this and so maybe the rights to the initial movies sort of cost them a bit yeah so he, here's the thing there's one actor there's two actors in this movie basically yeah pretty much yeah <laughs> It's 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 Steve Uderkirk. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yep. If we're getting it wrong, then let's just call him Steve mm. for the rest of the podcast. But Steve is a writer and director, best known for working with um, Jim Carrey 
and a director that worked alongside Jim Carrey. And he's actually done a lot of movies or a lot of big things over the years that you wouldn't uh, associate him with. He was one of the writers on Bruce Almighty. Um, he was involved with Ace Ventura. He actually wrote um, parts of... He, he wrote Patch Adams, the, the oh, really? Robert Williams wow. movie. Yeah, um, The Nutty Professor. So, he, you know, he's back in, behind the scenes in a bunch of these things. Got a good resume. And then, yeah, uh, on camera for for Kung Pao and he's in the whole movie yeah. like in every scene and he's the only actor. So, it was kind of this idea that he had that, uh, you know, he could buy the rights to these a 1976 uh, Hong Kong cinema movie called Tiger and Crane Fist. So, you're right, like they had to get the rights to that. But then all the other people in this movie were, you know, they, they filmed it almost 30 years before <laughs> we're watching Kung Pao. Yeah. Um, so I think the budget really would have just essentially been a special effects budget. That's what I would have thought. Because, just, a, just a green room yeah. or blue screen room. And and then that's it. They could probably shoot this in a week. Is My thought is they, they get in there, they buy the rights, <laughs> they shoot this thing for a week because really, like you said, there's like two actors. You know, there's the main actor and then there's the guy who ho- yeah. like who's always holding the boom box every time that there's a uh, a fight that goes down. Mm-hmm. And then And then I think the the woman with one boob. Oh I yeah, think, yeah, all right. So must, there you go. There's your three. Been, <laughs> would have been an extra one. Yeah. yeah. But then if, So you know, yeah. there's little there's little appearances here and there from characters that you think that couldn't have been in the original. Mm. So maybe maybe we're like exaggerating how few people there are, but really when it comes down to it, it's him. He does the voiceover for ninety nine percent of the characters yeah, as well. 100%. Um, all those goofy voices are him, so it's kind of like a one man army, and we'll get to it a bit later. But yeah, the 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 budget was definitely from the special effects and matching it so well mm. to the original that a lot of people would have been quite surprised to learn that they'd taken that technique which is a very innovative idea really. yeah i thought it was i thought it was really good out of the box and like so just to take a step back from my experiences here so i, I cannot believe mm-hmm. so i was 16 years of it 16 years of age i cannot believe it went to the cinemas because you look at it and you're like how did this how did this even get there and and like how did it even stay beyond a week uh i had no idea it was coming out so it was just one of the ones where uh, a mate of mine went to the cinemas. It was one of those random, probably a random weekend sort of thing. Like, what do you want to do? Let's mm-hmm. not, not March. Let's go to cinemas. So we went there and I, and I distinctly remember this movie. And it's one of the reasons why I picked it up is because I remember I went there and I was like, oh, look, let's, let's just see this one, Kung Pao. Because back when I was 16, especially uh, around that age and, and I was around friends that were really into like the old school martial arts, like your Jackie Chans and things like that. And, um, and so I thought, oh, this, this would be good, not knowing anything about it. Look, obviously looked like a comedy. Went in there, there was probably about six people in total in this cinemas, mm-hmm. right? So pretty much painting the picture what, what this type of movie would be like. And I remember distinctly, it was, it was that, that movie that will always be in my you know, memories as my biggest laugh out loud movie. Like I was, I was laughing out so hard through this movie, but I was certainly the only one. Like my mate was going, are you for real? <laughs> like this, n- none of this is funny. What are you talking about? And I was just, there was just moments throughout this movie, you know, that I was just in stitches and I was clearly the only one in the cinemas that felt the same way. And I was that 16 year old kid that walked out and it was on to my mates going, guys, as soon as this comes out or if you can go see it, it is the best. And then it came out and then we all used to sit around and we'd recite these one-liners at high school. We'd, you know, it'd be like, you just get around with your mates, you watch it. Like we absolutely ran this thing out, watching it again and again throughout little, like our group of mates. Uh, And then I, and like, and then I look back and I think I probably haven't watched it like since then, you know, and that, and that's what I was really interested when I saw it just to get like, like, would I enjoy it? Would I still find it funny? Would it, would it, you know, would mm. I only find it funny because of the nostalgia, the memories where, you know, my mates and I would sort of recite these one-liners, you know, and just laugh to ourselves over time, you know, that we had on this movie. Uh, but no, I, like, I rewatched this and I, I had plenty of laughs. And most of the laughs, are like, I made a little comment here just going, you know, I would laugh, like, I was watching this last night and I was laughing, but I'd also make the comment going, this is so dumb. 
but it was it was so good yeah. like you know so many things it is so dumb it, it really and it's is. really like it really re- requires you to buy into the concept that it's dumb because if you if you don't some people yeah some people just can't like my wife can't handle this oh, kind of humor at all she's like this is she she didn't watch it with me but if she did i know she would just be saying this is so stupid and it's like yes yes and the, the problem is as well is that if you got a class, <laughs> if you went out in the streets and found 10 people a hundred percent would not like phase me or or you know surprise me whatsoever nine out of ten people will say this is absolute trash garbage uh, and the problem mm. is with this movie is it really has a hard difficulty point at the start with that baby scene. Like even I, when I was watching that back, you know, just watching that baby yeah. scene, you know, where he's in the fight against, uh, what is it? Master pain. Master yeah. Pain. I was sort of like, mm. come on, get through this part. Cause I know the, the better parts are coming through, but they hit you right up with that part there as well. But you know, all those one liners oh, it's so good. Yeah, I had a similar experience with the start of the movie and then like the baby pisses on him and I was like, okay, that's funny. And then <laughs> the part that really got me into the movie was rolling, when he's rolling, rolling down, down the, the hill, hill. Yeah, as, yeah, a, as yeah. a baby. Yeah, I love it. The, you know, the villager picks him up and then walks over and tosses him down the other and side. And she's like, oh, so cute. Just how so dumb it is. Like, it's clearly this baby. Like, they just put made this, like, like toy baby. And they're just like, see ya, down yeah. this hill. Yeah. They push it. Yeah. All the so, way when, when that happened, I was just like, okay, I remember what kind of movie this yeah. is now. This is going to be fun. Yeah. And it was. Like, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, so, let's have a look at the Rotten Tomatoes score. Four, Kung Pao into the fist. As we mentioned, it's not everybody's cup of tea. Um, do you have any guesses as oh, to man, where it's going to be low? It's going to be it's going to be slow. This, Let, let's let's go up. Let's go off nine out of ten. So I'm going to go. It's going to be. I'll give it a bit more. I'll give it a twenty. But it wouldn't be any more than that. Thirteen yeah. percent is the number. Yeah, oh, that's pretty close to the nine yeah. out of ten, isn't it? So. Yeah. 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 But you know, at the same time, um, it made money. It did. So there people you go. liked it enough. And I reckon, I reckon that was probably what he was out for. You know, especially with those other movies he's probably worked on, has been much more successful. I reckon he's just saying, "Look, this is one for me." You know, it's not gonna, it's not gonna hit the boxes for everyone, but those that it will, and those that enjoy it, I think are gonna enjoy it a lot. Hmm. I'm gonna read some of the. Um read some of the reviews here naturally much fun is made of the poorly synchronized dialogue inherent in kung fu flicks but the gag pales with repetition especially since billy crystal and robin williams did it better years ago see that's just like one criticism Mm. but um yeah okay here's a positive one from uh the, the dvd journal uh, this ode to bad 70s Hong Kong cinema is a gleefully bizarre combination of loving homage and merciless satire. Bad special effects and unexpected jokes. That's more how I feel about it. Definitely. That's how I feel. And I like, it is terrible dubbing, but they play on that. Like, if you look at it... That's why it's funny. Yeah, that's it. And one of the things that I... I mean, it's... it's, it's it, like, for all of his lines, he's... Like initially, I was like, "Oh, are they making fun of like, you know, Asian people or something?" But no, like they they do exactly the same thing with his lines. It's it's more like a making fun of the translations that have been tacked onto these for Western audiences 100%. and the way that it doesn't really line up. Like even the dog. Um, like I love the dog that yeah. they keep <laughs> with the dog. Like the dog clearly barks, and then they just like let's see how long we can push this out till we actually get a bark yeah. sound bite in there. And like they, you get a good ten seconds in there, and they do it repetitively through the thing. So as soon as you see dog, you know what you're getting. Mm. And, I, and I wonder how influential this movie was too, because there's a lot of. I know that it's not the first movie to do this, but there's a lot of um, humor through repetition mm. that makes it funny. Like they're doing those extreme close-up zooms yeah. on the army that's facing mouth. against him yeah 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 and it's like the rah, 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 and they just rah. but even they just do it constantly yeah. over and over and that's like something that you see in like family guy would play with that kind of gag yeah. and 
and and that they do the the repetition where like they show literally this the same footage three times mm. of him reacting to something. Well, they put going, something mm-hmm. stupid in there, like just the, what is that lady in the bikini doing there? And like when when I was watching this, I sort of like remembered like yeah, I actually I used to watch as a young kid, uh, like Hot Shots, you know, like Charlie Sheen as well yeah. as like um. Uh, Naked Gun. So I don't know if, like, if you ever saw those movies, but it was just, yeah, it, was, I've seen those. it was, once again, it's just those stupid movies where, like, they'd push the boundaries, you know, as to like putting things in place or doing silly things, you know. So, so it was a good flow on from that. So I, like, I connected to it pretty quickly. Yeah. And I think if you've watched, like, the Hong Kong cinema movies, you said that you were into Jackie mm. Chan's stuff from, from, I guess, pre rush hour. Yeah. Um, it would definitely resonate even more with ex- understanding exactly what he's attempting to do here. I know that he was like a, he is, oh, I, I guess I should say, a big martial arts guy. So it was a bit of a, maybe a lifelong dream to to get to get on the big screen and, and make this kind of movie. Yeah, exactly. And especially um, those older ones too, because there is like a bit of, like you mentioned before about the homage to the older, you know, those 1970s kung fu movies like a lot of those ones especially the ones that you know had jackie chan in there were like you know he played around with it he made fun of it like there was comedy in there like the old drunken masters and things like that there was a lot of humor built into those ones there it wasn't so deadly serious like a a bruce lee one which made it great you know as someone that could just step in there and just have fun with it and watch it um obviously this pushes boundaries in the sense of like you know silliness and lines and and silly dubs and camp and all that sort of stuff there. But, um, but you know, like I, I see what he did there too. And some of the original movie had to have been like comedic as well. Cause there's things happening. And I was like, is this part of the original or did they add something to it? Like, did they reshoot it to make it funny? Like there's a scene where master Payne's just getting, attacked to show how strong he is yeah, and yeah, they're just yeah. like smacking him in the nuts <laughs> r- repeatedly and he's yeah. like no not selling it at all yeah um and i think i actually read that was one of the scenes that made him pick this particular movie to to remix because of that scene being like but that's a good that's point so like if you were to go back and watch this movie like I guess, like, so my takeaway is that, like, you've got Master Pang, who's this, like, got these superhuman strength uh, abilities because he's got, like, these, what, the the triangle bits on him. So he's got those metal mm-hmm. triangles. So for whatever reason, you know, the you know the higher powers that he works for is giving him these, I don't know. These, aliens. These, yeah, the aliens <laughs> with the tonguey. Anyway, <laughs> I haven't got even there yet. Um, but, like, just the fact that, like, is, is, it, is it in the original movie, like, like them smashing him in the crotch with these like big bow sticks. Is that supposed to be humorous or they just like, nah, nah, this is just how powerful he is. But they play yeah, on that. They totally. played on that really well. Um, you know, uh, there's so many things like, especially like the, um, I love, like, I still love, and I think it's one of the best things that holds up uh, is Master Tang. Like, you know, back when I was mm. back when I was like sixteen, like like he was the standout character. Like all his one lines, you know that he's he's got the he trains the Wimplo. Like, you know he has that <laughs> is it Wimplo? He's like, <laughs> don't mind Wimplo. He's an idiot. We have purposely trained him wrong. That's a joke. You know, <laughs> you've got an ass. So I'll kick it. Oh, it's just so good. Yeah, he's he's hilarious. He's so good. Face the foot Face to foot. <laughs> how's my how's my nuts to your fist style? Oh, it's so good. Oh, and even, good. even to today, like I still, you know, like there's, there's moments I'll be, you know, even previous to watching this movie, like I'll be walking around and I'll be singing to myself, Taco Bell, Taco Bell, product placement at Taco Bell, <laughs> and Choritos, Macho Baritos. Or the other one, uh, the other one that I usually do is I'll like randomly, because Rach knows the movie, um, but yeah. I'll, I'll randomly, because, you know, we've been together for a long time. So she remembers back in the day, we used to recite these like one-liners. She didn't know what we were talking about back then. But she, she you know, the ones like the, um, uh, what do you get when you when you cross an owl with a bungee cord? My ass. <laughs> Enough. Like all these things. Oh, it's just stupid. But it's funny. God, it's funny. It's good. I'm glad you, I'm glad you've enjoyed it. I have. Um, okay. <laughs> So the number one song when this movie released, Dane was 16 in high school. Oh, I was 14 or whatever I said before. Um, February 2002. Any guesses? Um, I was a big Linkin Park fan. 
So I'm going to go maybe Lincoln Park. Or is that too early? No, I think it was, um, I think it was about there. So I'm going to go Breaking yeah. the Habit. Can't see it on my oh, list. Bugger. So it's actually Shakira, whenever, wherever. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Which, you know, had about six weeks at number one. Yep. Of the year. Uh, around, you know, bookending Shakira, we had Kylie Minogue and Casey Chambers. So Yeah, right. Good times. So. Yeah, good times. Good times. <laughs> on the, right. the Jono playlist. Nice one. Uh, what have you done for me lately? That This is a very short segment because there's only kind of one key actor to talk about. And as I mentioned before, more of a writer, more of a director. He hasn't done a lot that um, people would probably be familiar with. But in 2019, he released Thumb Wars 9, The Thighs of Sky Shipper. Sorry, Sky Skipper, which I can only assume is some kind of parody of Star Wars uh, Episode 9. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Thumb Wars um, franchise, but it's basically the technology of Tungy, but with thumbs. Oh, okay. So it's, um, yeah, C- CG mouths uh, tacked onto thumbs, and it's the same kind of dumb humor that uh, that we know and love from this movie. He really latched onto that then. movie. So, yeah, I think it's just something that he could film really cheaply at home, probably. Do you have, here's a question for with, you. With the, with the, two hands. With the hands, yeah, that's right. Keeping it low two budget, thumbs. keep that same editing room. <laughs> what do, you, do you reckon this movie could have worked without the tonguey? Yes. Yeah. Definitely. I don't, I, don't, I don't see how, like, I look back at it now and I'm like, how does the tonguey thing even give purpose or weight to this whole story? Like, even at the end. I suppose. Yeah, like this, I suppose it, it makes him set apart from everyone else. Yeah, the ch- as the chosen special, one. Special, as, yeah. yeah, okay. That's about it, though. Because he's got the... It doesn't really... doesn't do much else. No, nah, nah. <laughs> Even at the end, I'm like, how's his tongue going to be actually able to, like, save the universe or whatnot? And it doesn't. It doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't have even a personality. No, really. not really. <laughs> All right. Um, the only other person I'll mention... Is the only other person with a speaking part, and it's Jennifer Tung, who plays uh, Wo, and still seems to be working from the IMDb page. Nothing you would have heard of, but um, in 2020, which is the most recent I can find, she was in a film called Lucky. So, just to prove that, uh, you know, it wasn't. Just a, a bunch of randoms that he, he put onto the screen with him. Okay, so here we are, Dane. What's the most 2000s moment of Kung Pao Enter the Fist? This was hard because then you look at it. Like I, I wrote two things down. Like obviously the bad CGI. Oh, I think it was bad, but I don't know whether it was bad back then. Like am I looking at it like now and going, oh, that's pretty bad. Um, mm. But then the other side of it is the Matrix scene. So obviously when he's like fighting the cow... You know, and the Matrix scene, like, as we know, is this iconic scene, you know, that we saw used in so many movies and he's sort of taken advantage of that. Why wouldn't he? It's a martial arts movie. Um, you know, that yeah. whole scene with the cow is just what is going on here. But that the fact that he <laughs> adds in the Matrix, that, that, that's got to be that's got to be the big one, isn't it? What, what do you reckon? Yeah, what, what's doing yours? the whole doing the whole. Yeah, the bullet time. Yeah, the bullet Matrix time bit with the milk is 100 yeah. percent like the most 2000s moment because. Like everything else is effectively, I don't know, when the movie's set, like mm. in the 1500s or something. Yeah, like, and that, I was um, even thinking maybe the boombox guy, but then I'm like, nah, that's not even 2000s. Like, yeah. it's got to be Matrix. Yeah, because it's like there's an MC Hammer yeah. thing, which is very 90s. Yep. There's a Lion King Yeah, the Lion King. Again, yeah, in the 90s as well. 90s. But, um, <laughs> but they call it something it's definitely, else. Yeah, but... Call it? Yeah, it's like Mushu, Mushu or something. Mushu. Yeah, that's right. This, Mushu Fasa. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the, a combination of um, the dragon in Mulan with. Oh yeah. Muf- obviously, Mufasa yeah, in line. Who's like Eddie so, Murphy? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Obviously okay. Well, that was easy enough. Um, yeah, like like I said, it's combining a nineteen seventy six film with with modern day and set you know, hundreds of years ago. So there's not exactly 
2000s things that could happen otherwise. I guess the only other thing you could say is the fact that this is such a cult classic mm. and a product of that DVD era. Um, if this was made now, it would be really hard for it to gain traction, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I just don't see it. I don't see how it, yeah. it, it really could. I think it's it was built for that era. It was built for a certain group or an audience It'd be yeah. very difficult to sort of get off the ground that's now. A, that's a question that we'll cover later, mm. so we'll save that. Um, most iconic scene. This is this is a tough one. Yeah, it was. It's, yeah. Uh, like, I, I had the I had the one boob thing because it's just such, like such a, as, as a visual, it's such like a, what am I looking at right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, it's hard to, for, it's hard to forget that, that image. If it wasn't, um, if it wasn't for, what's the Arnold Schwarzenegger one? Like, um, Total Recall. Total so Recall. So you had some sort yeah. of like, oh yeah, I've been here before, but minus two. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. See, this is hard because is it iconic? Is it iconic? Like if you go to the trailers, then maybe it's like the initial one, you know, that we already sort of mentioned where you've got, um, you know, the lineup of bad guys and it's the guy open your mouth and then it just does the back and forth. Because that's like a bit of an introduction about like, okay, so this is going to be a stupid movie if you didn't pick it up already from the baby. Or is it the cow one? Yeah. (laughs) But like for me personally, like I I just remember like where I lost it in the cinemas is that, that scene where he's like looking at the scrolls and he's like, you know, uh, tiger, 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 birdie, birdie. And he's like, I'm a magician. Your clothes are red. And then like he's, he's playing yes. around with that guy. For me, back then, and I still had a laugh at it. I reckon for me, that's that is just one of those scenes that it's just, it's so stupid, but I loved it. I loved it. Outside the, of it, uh, the the, clo- the, the changing clothes it's so, color thing is so funny. It's so and good. actually quite clever. It is good. Yeah. It is so good. I love it. And I <laughs> like, like you know, I forget the line, but he says something like, um, you know, like, oh, listen, pay attention or he'll cut off your big toe. Oh, that's tender. And then they show the scene where he's like, his toes actually cut off. And then through the movie, it like his foot gets less and less because Mr. Payne's like, Master Payne's like chopping it down. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That, 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 that's, that's still a good scene. Completely stupid, but good. Yeah, it's hard to pick like a most iconic. Iconic, but yeah. I, yeah, I guess my... my I just tend to go to like the imagery that stands out and it would be, yeah, the, the cow fight because it's so dumb. Mm. Maybe the nunchucks with the, the gophers go for nunchucks. is actually go for nunchucks. pretty iconic. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. And like all uh, those ones are like the major ones in the trailer too. So, uh, I mean, they're, they're good ones. They're the selling point ones. Mm. If we're talking best scene, what have you got for that? Because there's some... <laughs> Best scene. The, the scenes that are the scenes that are more like dialogue based are, are the better scenes, I think. Like the we are ventriloquists. Like we to me, that cracked me up. I love that. <laughs> and that's just such a great way to like fill in a, a scene with no dialogue is to just make them ventriloquists <laughs> so you can make them say whatever you want. Oh, it's so good. And the fact they're not even talking, so it's like obviously just plays on it so well. Um, Ah, oh, yeah. favorite scene. I do like it when like they introduce uh, Master Tang, you know, and they go in there and they're obviously showing all like the one of us is wearing a push-up bra, like like they're all you know training doing that, and then you, like it's the introduction to Wimplow, and you realize all the squeakiness that you're gonna have to be hearing throughout the movie because of his noise. Um, you know, Master Tang's always like that. Would you say a million years? Like how they like that re- repetition again, like the slow hand <laughs> yeah. gesture that goes across about three times. Like I love that. He's like, ah, uh, no, not that long. Um, and then even like how they took that, um, what is it? The moth, you know, because like he coughs a few times. So they CGI'd a yeah. moth to go in his mouth like three yeah. times. What are the odds of that? <laughs> Just stuff like that. I thought it was so funny. Um, that's probably, that's probably one of the, like the iconic ones. Otherwise, like the, um, I really like the, the waterfall one, you know, where he's on the waterfall, like, um, where master, what is it? Master Pang's like, he's got that iron claw that he's like, just like, he, he's always, oh, yeah. he's on the top of the waterfall doing the, um, uh, he fights the, the, him and the older bloke or whatever. But then there's that, they fall down the waterfall and the old guy's like, you're falling. I'm falling. We're falling down the waterfall. <laughs> Just stupid like that. I don't know. There's so many little scenes. My, it's hard to pick a big scene when it's just all these little scenes. My favorite quote I wrote down 
and it was a long sequence that I think would probably be a lot of people's favorite too. Betty has gone too far. Killing is wrong and bad. <laughs> there should be a new, stronger word for killing, like bad wrong or badong. Badong. <laughs> yes, killing is badong. badong. From this moment, I will stand for the opposite of killing. Uh, no dab. No d- <laughs> it's just so, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. That, that got me. Yep. Definitely. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, what holds up the best, Dane? What holds up the best? Oh, look, mm. I just think the one-liners. I think the Master Tang, you know, like all those little one-liners there. It, it's so good. Um, yeah, I like just the fact that like it's one of these movies where like you just don't... You don't have to think. You just like put it on. As I said, it's been a number of years. So like it's just one of those things where you just put it on and when you hear these one-liners, you just have a chuckle. Um, you know, and that's exactly where how sort of my experience was with this from watching it back. So yeah, I, I think all just the one-liners, the fact that, you know, it, it's still, if you just go in there looking for that, you know, and not overthinking it, I think you can have a, I think you can have a good time, a good chuckle. It's still like, like this is so dumb, but it's, it's just so funny. Yeah, it's interesting Something that brought this movie back onto my radar was actually The Corridor Crew, which is a YouTube channel of visual effects artists that react to good and bad CGI in movies. It's very entertaining, very interesting. They have a really cool YouTube channel. But they were talking about Kung Pao. And there's such a good mix of good and bad CGI in this movie. Mm. Naturally, you think of the cow and bad CGI... But the blue screen CG of replacing the original Faces? chosen one mm. or whoever with uh, with Steve is spot on. Like you wouldn't watch this and think that anything looks off as far as matching the style. So t- to CG him with modern technology into something that looks like it was filmed in the seventies, they really nailed it. Like it it. If, if you didn't, if you waited until the end credits to see, see yeah. some of those bloopers and like the, the way that they did it, you'd be surprised, I think, to go, oh, wait, like they really just painted out the original actor and then put him in there or they made it look like he was touching that person on the shoulder or whatever it is. And so from that aspect, I think that, as I said before, the budget really would have majority gone into Editing. that process mm. to make that work. Um, to block it out in, in the filming, to get the lighting right. You have to have the light coming from the right direction to match the scene. Because um, if, if any of that stuff isn't right, then it just feels like a bad green screen, like someone's just superimposed into it. And it doesn't feel like that at any point for me. No, I, I agree. I agree. Like there's a lot of good technology and a good uh, techniques that they've done this. Like, especially when you watch the movie at the end and you go through the credits where they actually show you the original footage and then they, you know, flip to how they've got the actual Steve in there and they've taken the, the mm. you know, the face and the lighting and how he's really doing some like live actions here, putting his hand out and, you know, capturing, you know, the original. But I think it's, it's a good balance between like, as you mentioned, like th- there's a lot of good technique there, but then there's like really mm-hmm. bad CGI with the cow but then there's fight scenes there where they'll actually leave the old footage. Like he'll get hit and then you see the actual old chosen one from the old movie. Like for a moment, like you'll have a frame there where you actually see his okay. face and then they'll flip it back. So it's playful. Do you know what I mean? That. Like it's very good when they do it well, but then they're like, no, we're not going to take us too seriously. Like this is supposed to be dumb, you know, and just having those moments there where we go back and show the original just quickly. Um, you know, I, I think it's a good balancing act anyway. So, and I think once again, there's a couple of scenes on that, the waterfall, you know, obviously you make it extremely hard, you know, for him to get hit and then, you know, fall into like the water and such to try and cover his face. So they just said, ah, oh, it's bugger. Just leave it. It's fine. But when he gets back up, <laughs> then we'll fix it up. It'll be, it'll be fine. No stress. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that um, pairing the the old with the new so seamlessly is a really important thing to like buying into the concept of, of what the movie is because if if you're just watching it thinking like oh they've just superimposed this guy in an old movie it's not as funny mm. i think it just it just works better and with that in mind i think the concept of this film holds up really well just like let's buy an old movie put someone in it from the modern day and just 
kind of take the piss out of it. Yeah, pretty much. In a, in a way. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's I, I can't think of anyone else that's done it before. I'm sure it's been done other times, but for originality, it definitely gets points for for holding up well. Mm. Um, and, and the, you know, talking about the CG, that's like any really easy segue into what holds up the worst, which would be probably the you know the CG, some of the CGI, especially the cow in that um, fight, like. For where we're at now, with you know Clifford the big red dog and Sonic the Hedgehog and um the all the Marvel movies and The Witcher on Netflix recently, like there's just so much good CGI to compare it to this. It's like the Dancing Baby and Ally McBeal. Mm, really, it's like a standout. It's like a previous era of um <laughs> of animated animals. It's there's nothing about it that looks good and i guess that adds to the comedy now even more i guess and i don't i'm just trying to think of the time where they deliberately trying to make it look bad or they just they were were doing the best they could or yeah i don't know (laughs) no no i agree i agree i i think for me what stands up's the worst is the same thing that that i really didn't like back in the day and that was that ling you know like the constant it's the thing that just keeps going you know and all i could like watching it back all i could think about and maybe this is because of the tiki talkie world we live in now but like the whole that see this guy see this guy right here number one bullshit guy he do the wee woo wee woo thing and like just like there's some scenes in this movie that that just they go on for too long and her voice mm. is just so annoying. So I'm just like, ah. But but having said well, that, it's, it's actually it's that's because it's it's Steve's voice. Yeah, yeah. In a higher pitch. <laughs> yeah, and like, but but I, one of the other things I love about this is that like how he plays on <laughs> how he plays on some of these voices. Like he's even got like the chosen mm. one, Master Pains in town. So he'll have like your westerns and all these other. Southern, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I reckon like yeah, it's just her voice. Like I still can't. Like well, his voice, but for that her character, uh, I still can't do it. No, it's so annoying. All right, Dane. Who would be the most offended by Kung Pao into the fist? My wife. If I got her to ask her to watch this, she would be absolutely offended. I'd have more chance. For getting Rach to watch an episode of Dragon Ball Z and then this thing. Uh, there's no way, <laughs> no way that she would get through five or ten minutes. What would you would you agree? Would you agree with not my wife, you don't know that. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but Hannah watching this, do you, how how far do you reckon she would get into it before she says, This is absolute dumpster fire trash? From the hmm. If I played it to her from the start of the movie, yeah. Yeah, probably probably about that. Because I think this is the thing is some people described it as like a good idea for a like comedy sketch, mm. but not a good idea for a movie. So I, I think if you like took the best parts of this and showed it to someone, they might get it. But then asking them to put up with it for basically 80 minutes yep. is a, is an ask, I guess. If, if you don't love it, mm. yeah. See, I think I think if you watch the highlights without any context of the full movie, you wouldn't get it. But then to get the full context, you need to watch the full movie, and you got to go through those times. And as I said, it's either going to land or it's not. Mm. And I think for those that it won't land, it's it's pretty. You're not going to get far, especially with that first baby scene. Like you haven't even gotten to the one-liners yet. So true. Yeah, the the only thing I wrote down for this was fans of Hong Kong cinema. They might not take to their, uh, you know, their art form being besmirched, besmirched by like comedy. Uh, I wonder how they approach <laughs> but, uh, this with like when they bought the rights to it. You know, they say, but but be mm. mindful, guys. We're, we're going to absolutely, you know, destroy <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, I'm sure that it didn't cost much. Like yeah. a movie that was by that point more than 20 years old mm. and probably you know probably never shown in the american market as well but imagine if these was, imagine if these hong yeah. kong like actors were actually someone today like i don't know if they are i haven't done the research on it but do you know what i mean like, i know what you mean if they were if they were yeah. actually like, up if, there if, and then <laughs> you know and then you go i'm going to create this movie can i buy the license yeah yeah sure no worries and then they get they get hammered, you know, Mr. Payne and Master Payne and that. I don't <laughs> yeah. think would be very happy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Because it does, it does, 
I guess that that's the thing where it's been like 20 years since the movie had come out. So by that point, he was, I doubt, still making action movies. That's fair enough. Yeah. I guess once you've... um, I'm trying to think of another example where this could have happened, where somebody purchases the rights to something and then they can do whatever they want with it, with with the footage. Yeah, like just uh, like... Mm. Non-unrestricted, just go happened. for it. Must it must have? There must have been something out there that they've just. I mean, it happens happens with like stock images, like yeah, exactly. Like um, Bj Novak, who people know from The Office and has done some some cool movies. Before he made it as a comedian, as an actor, he did like some stock images. So now people can just like buy his stock image and use it to promote any product that they're making yeah right and it looks like it's being like celebrity endorsement yeah 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 but, but it's just a stock image <laughs> okay uh, so does Kung Pao pass the internet relevancy test do we see it in memes do we see it in gifs I think it's it, like we said it's really it's super quotable but that doesn't really translate into like internet relevance it's more like if people are of a certain age, you could probably get away with quoting it, but it's not something that you just see like popping up. No, I agree. Like you might be able to pull off like my finger points and someone might remember it or something like that. When I had a look at the gifts on like Twitter, uh, the only one that sort of stood out was like the whole, that's a lot of nuts. And then I'm like, yeah, but at the same time, when's the last time I've actually even used that or any of these (laughs) gifts that I'm looking at? And they're not like, I'd actually have to sort of like, you know, be very mindful of to do it. So I've never used really a gift for it. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's just one of those one liners that you might throw out there and, and it either catches with someone you're like, Oh yeah. Like, or something like that. But I don't know. I don't think it's really, you know, social media sort of internet, um, in that space. Sure. Uh, so the next question that we usually ask is how would modern smartphones and social media change this movie? I don't know if this is relevant because of the factors that I mentioned as far as it's, you know, set hundreds of years ago. Um, But we'll just go straight into like, could you make this today? And what would the 2022 version be? And Dane, what would it? Would Would it be a YouTube video? Would it be a Netflix release? Would it be... A TikTok, like what would Kung would Pao look like now? <laughs> oh, look, I definitely wouldn't go to the cinemas. 100% wouldn't. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm still surprised today that it actually got out there. Um, it, it'd be something like a, it'd be a Netflix. It'd be something that they've just, a Netflix exclusive, that they've just said, mm. here's someone that's got some reputation. He wants to do his own thing on this, you know, uh, project. Let's, let's give it to him. And I reckon it'd fall somewhere on that. And then depending on how that went... You know, whether they caught yeah. an audience, I reckon they'd give him a second shot for something else. And obviously, like, he's done that with, what's, what's the thumbies or whatever it is, the other one? Thumb, uh, thumb was, yeah. Mm. So, like, all these things, I just feel like it's, you know, even, like, um, if you look at, like, old school movies, like, um, spin-offs that, you know, take, like, Star Wars and they do, like, what is it called? Space Balls or something like that? Space Balls, yeah. Space yeah. Balls, things like yeah. that. So, you know, it, it it's not going to land for everyone, but it's stupid enough to be, like, it... it you know, it's going to get, there is an audience, you know? Um, mm. So I reckon it's going to, it's going to land on Netflix. Uh, but would it be received the same way? I don't think so. Like, I, I don't know. I just think for the time, I think it was right. And for now, I don't think it did grab as much. Uh, but who knows? Like, I'm not, I'm not 16 anymore. I don't know what the kids are like. I'm trying to work yeah, it out. It's hard to know. Sometimes stuff does just take off. Like, it's it's a really clever series, and I think Tim Robinson, who's who's behind it, is hilarious. But I think you should leave. Is a sketch show that's on Netflix. There's two seasons of it. It's really dumb, but it's also super clever. I think if that's possible to have those two things, um, and it gets just like it is super internet relevant. Like it's just everywhere on on socials. Mm because it can just be applied to so many things. So I wonder if it came out now, whether it would pick up um, that crowd and get memed and get like quoted in in that way. And it it might work in a way that it didn't maybe in the 2000s. So, you know, we didn't have social media back then. It was 
the word of mouth and the talking to friends that really got it to kind of spread. So yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to know because even like a viral video, like you can plan the formula, but you can't make something go viral. And maybe and maybe that's it too. Maybe it's the fact that like because you got to keep in mind like when this came out many years ago, because uh, I'm old, Jono. Um, this like mm-hmm. we this was literally word of mouth. This was literally like you go out yeah. there and tell a friend, and that friend tells a friend, and then your collective of friends would watch this together around a fifty-one centimeter. What is it? CRTV, TV, and um, yeah, and and, and like because it certainly wasn't the it wasn't the critics telling people to go watch no, it. No, exactly. From what we heard, so maybe maybe like thirteen percent. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe maybe it would like maybe you could chop all these up and then it would like with socials. Maybe it would like uh, take off. I don't know. Possibly. Hmm. All right, Dane. It's time for the Steve Buscemi Spark Plug Award. Steve Buscemi, a real spark plug. And uh, this is a really difficult thing to award because there's one actor in the me. whole movie. Oh, the boombox. Oh, the one, the one boombox. Do we lady. give it to yeah, him? Okay. Uh, oh, do we give it to the boombox box guy? Good, yeah, it's between him and, and Jennifer Tung. Um, yeah, boot box guy. Yep. Gonna give it to you. Wonder what he's doing Guts. now. I don't know if you've ever, don't know if you've ever made another movie. Um, don't know what you're credited as in this film, or did they just CG the boombox onto well, someone? Maybe from nah, the nah, 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 nah. because he Surely keeps popping not. up every time there's a battle. Nah, it'd be too hard. I reckon he's, I reckon he's, I reckon he's in there. I'm, yeah. I'm keen to, uh, keen to see what he actually does, what he did after this movie. Anyway, <laughs> a few commercials or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, let's give it to him. He did a good job. All right. Sure. Dane, this movie is very short, I should say. There's a, there's an <laughs> yeah, intermission that goes for like yeah, yeah. 30 seconds. But even with that, I think it was all over in like 75, 80 minutes, which, you know, I've done podcasts, episodes of, of this podcast that have mm. gone longer than that. So this will be a, one of the shorter comedy rewinds. But it's time, as we come towards the end, is Kung Pao... Enter the Fist, still a good movie. Oh, look, from my perspective, I still enjoy it. Like, I had a few laughs, you know, when I was watching this last night. It's still got those cracking one-liners, you know, it's it's still dumb, you know, it, it's the dubbing's terrible, you know, the, the voices are squeaky and all over the place. I think it's great, you know, like, and for me, it's a lot of nostalgia too. So, and I, it's one of these ones where I could probably sit down mm. with a few mates that have watched it in the past and, and they'll enjoy it as much as I have, so... Uh, would I watch it constantly? I think it's one of those ones where you just pick it up. Probably, you know, I'll, I'll pick it up in another four or five years time, and I'll watch it again and I'll have a laugh. What, sure. do, what do you think? Do you reckon it's you reckon it's a still good movie, or is it fine? Uh, yeah, I, I think the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I did tells mm. me that it's a good movie because I didn't like constantly rewatch this. I, I might have only seen this once before, Dane, um, or, or twice because. There were things that I remembered, like I remembered like Betty, Betty. and I remembered um, a couple of the gags and obviously the the one boob thing. It's hard to forget that. But it wasn't like I have continued to quote it through the years or known people who did. So the fact that, you know, I could watch this, laugh more than I have for some other movies that we've done on this podcast um, and... And just like from sitting here and talking to you about it, I have a smile on my face for for a lot of it. it I, th- I think it's, yeah, it's still a good movie if you like this kind of thing. Like it's obviously not everyone's cup of tea. But if you, if you enjoyed it as a youth, I would certainly recommend giving it a revisit all these years, all these years later, 20 years since its first release. Um, and yeah, Kung Pao, get into it. Give it, give it a I'm shot. really, I'm really keen to for the listeners if they haven't heard it, regardless of age, if you haven't heard it, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. Try. It's not. On, I don't know where you're gonna find it. I think I found it on Apple TV. I just hired it for four or five bucks. But go watch it, and I'm and I'm keen to hear your thoughts and feedback. Yeah. Are you that ten percentile <laughs> that it'll land and you'll love it, or are you gonna be like the rest of the people and just keep moving on? Uh, but yeah, no, keen to know, um, because I really like, I I feel like it's one of these movies that I probably would just around 
the majority of people that enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, and as I said, it's probably more of a guilty pleasure where I sort of just spruced it to people that I felt would enjoy it, and they did, versus trying to encourage those that I felt wouldn't enjoy it <laughs> to watch it or give it a go. Yeah. Because I, I think it, it it's one of those movies where you go, that's not for you. Don't don't worry about it. Like I just know we're gonna sit down and we're not gonna get through five or ten minutes here. That's funny. I mean, I feel like there's probably been people who've done this type of thing since this came out. So it might not hold up to people that have seen it done otherwise. Um, especially mm. like there's like YouTube channels like Bad Lip Reading that, you know, it's not exactly the same thing, but it's the same kind of idea of like, let's make these people say something stupid. Um, but yeah, anyway. Uh, Give it, give it a go and let us know what you think. Um, Dane, where can people catch you on the socials? Uh, yeah, so you can catch me on the socials, Twitter, Instagram. That's probably where I'm at, at Dane PV. That's about yeah. it. And what's happening with uh, Pushing Through Blue? Mate, we are still on hiatus. Uh, I think, like, mate, it's funny enough because, Jono, you were my last oh, guest, really? which was okay. January... Yeah, mate. Okay, it's a long time. <laughs> January last year. So, uh, uh, full disclosure, life has been extremely busy. Yeah. Uh, I have three young kids. I have uh, a very demanding job uh, and uh, I need to make time. But I always love jumping on these podcasts, yeah. always jumping on uh, friends' podcasts. So, I really need to take a leaf out of that book and jump on my own podcast. So, <laughs> uh, apologies for the listeners of Pushing Through Blue. Uh, but it's very good that we've done a... Three, you know, 360 here and, yeah. and we're back with John. Well, you, so. you can go and listen to that because it was a very, I think, interesting conversation about social media addiction. But uh, I guess more recently, uh, Dane's appeared on the Bytecast in our inaugural food draft, which we had a great time with, drafting breakfast, lunch and dinner meals uh, with Brendan White, Benny, Matt Tilby and Nato as well as the two of us. So that was, yeah, a lot of laughs there to be had. And you can get those three episodes, breakfast, lunch, dinner separately. And uh, yeah, see um, see who wins the food draft because, you know, I don't know if we've crowned a winner yet, but I'm I'm pretty satisfied in, in hindsight with, with my selections. Yeah, I don't think we've got a winner. I think NATO got a lot of love on Instagram mm, mm. with those comments, but uh, I don't think I'm going to get any love for my dinner, that's for sure. That's just a mixed bag of food court right there. Um, but uh, I, I thought I did all right on the breakfast and the lunch, but uh, listeners, You'd be know. the judge, yeah. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'll ask you to subscribe if you haven't already and share it with your friends. If you want to support 8-Bit, you can grab some merch over at shop8bit.net. And if you really want to support us, you can head over to our Kofi page. That's ko-fi.com slash weare8bit. There's also other things you can do. You can leave ratings and reviews in Podchaser, in Apple Podcasts. You can leave five-star ratings in Spotify these days. If you've listened to like at least one or two episodes on the platform. So if you're a Spotify listener, we ask that you could do that for comedy rewind and any of the other podcasts in the 8-bit family pushing through blue included we'll call friend of 8-bit but for now dear listeners we want to thank you for joining us on comedy rewind be kind martial arts